Well, welcome to church. If you would grab your seats. I've got my shirt is soaked. My notes are soaked with baptismal waters. And I just thought, you know, if I were a superstitious man, I think this is going to be a good night. Uh, I'm not, as Michael Scott said, I'm not superstitious, but I am a little stitious. So um, anyway, it's going to be a good night. Um, if you have your Bibles, turn to Psalm 119. We're going to read a chunk out of the longest chapter in the Bible and one of the most iconic psalms in all of Israel's history. So um, we'll jump in there in just a minute, but I wanted to celebrate. Last week we had 687 people in here, which was amazing. And, and I say that because it's been fully two years since we've had that. This, we're back to like 90% of our COVID, pre-COVID numbers. So people are coming back to church and it's good to see your faces. I love you, I bless you. So I'm just celebrating that. We had 1,400 people online. It's cool stuff, cool stuff. Um, five new families checked their kids in last week. First time ever at New Life Church. And so people are finding us. And so if you're new around here, welcome. We have New Life Next right after the service out in this room, and we want to invite you to that. We'll give you some snacks and some non-alcoholic beverages, uh, and just get to know you and share a bit of our story. It'll be quick, but we would love to see you, so if that's you, swing on out to New Life next. Um, Psalm 119, verses 1 through 16, and then we'll close it off with verse 72. So hear the word of the Lord out of this iconic psalm. Blessed are those whose ways are blameless, who walk according to what? The law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his statutes and seek him with all their heart. They do no wrong, but they follow his ways. You have laid down precepts. So we've got the law, we've got the statutes, we've got the precepts that are to be fully obeyed. And the psalmist says, oh, that my ways were steadfast in obeying your decrees. Then I would not be put to shame when I consider all your commands, and I will praise you with an upright heart as I learn your righteous what? Laws. I will obey your decrees. Now, do not utterly forsake me. How can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. So you see, we've got laws and precepts and statutes, and we've got now your word. I seek you with all my heart, and do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you and praise be to you, Lord. Now teach me your decrees. And with my lips, I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. And I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. And I meditate on your precepts and I consider all your ways. I delight in your decrees and I will not neglect your word. And then will you read this last verse with me, verse 72. Let's read this together. The law from your mouth is more precious to me than thousands of pieces of silver and gold. This is the word of the Lord and all God's people said. Thanks, Thanks be to God. Lord, we need you to speak. We want your laws and your precepts, your commands, your word, your truth, your statutes to reside deep in our hearts. We want to hear from you tonight. And Lord, we say we are willing to change. In a world that digs in 
our heels and we're, we're defensive and we want to win and we want to be right. Lord, tonight, we, we submit ourselves to you as the humble people of God. We're willing to change. We're willing to have a second look. We're willing for you to take out of us what is not like you. And we ask, Lord, that your word would race through this place, race through our hearts. So we say, may the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. And we pray these things in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and all God's people said, amen. Amen. Week one, we looked at Father. We're in this series going through Father for eight weeks and then we'll go through Son for eight weeks. Who is God the Son and who is God the Holy Spirit for eight weeks during Pentecost? It's a, it's a beautiful reset. We're going back to our elemental truths of who God is because it's good to be reminded. So we looked at Father and week two we looked at Father as creator and he saw that it was good. And week three we looked at Father as the one who forgives our failures. When we walk away, when we take the story into our own hands, he's the God who says, where are you? And woos us back. And last week with Pastor Jade, we looked at Father as compassionate one, the one who who runs after us and who takes us in. And here we are in week five, and I want you to see that God is the Father who gives instruction. He's the God who teaches us. But why does he give us instruction? He gives us instruction because he's the good Father and he wants us as his children to flourish. I think sometimes our kids think that we're telling them no just because we're arbitrarily wanting to say no. We're saying, sometimes we do that. Let's just be honest. I'm tired. Don't ask me another question. No. Why? Because no. (laughs) Um, But most of the time we're saying no if we say no because we know there's a bigger picture at play here. It's not good for you to drink Dr. Pepper and and gorge yourself on sugar at 10 o'clock at night. No, you may not. Uh, Yes, amen. Glad I can get a witness up in this house tonight. <laughs> no, like we see a bigger story and we want to instruct you. And we, why do we tell kids that you can't go by the street and play when they're young? Because they don't understand the stakes are high. So no, you may not do that. And come over here. And this is what I need you to do here. And yes, please brush your teeth because this actually matters. And we give instructions because we want our children to rise up and to flourish. These are the Ten Commandments. You know, you you look at Exodus chapter 20 and Deuteronomy chapter 5 where God comes down on Mount Sinai with Moses and he gives them the Ten Commandments and you shall have no other gods before me. The first four are about our relationship vertically, our worship of God and don't make any graven images and don't take his name in vain and keep the Sabbath and honor it to be holy and then five, honor thy father and mother and five through 10 are all about our human relationships. So learn to worship God and learn to, so he instructs them, not because he's trying to be some difficult deity up in the heavenlies, but because he wants his children to flourish. If you will do these things, you will live. And he instructs them because after 400 years of slavery in Egypt, they had lost their identity. The soul, the psyche, their, their national identity had been broken. It had been fractured. It had been turned inward. They had forgotten. All they knew was the whip of the slave master in Egypt, Pharaoh, more bricks, less straw. And so God gives them these laws, these statutes, these precepts, these commands because he wants them to live, he wants them to love, he wants them to understand their identity. And so God teaches them 
And he goes into unbelievable detail. I mean, hygiene and purity laws. And if, if there's an accidental manslaughter, like you read through Leviticus and you read through Deuteronomy and you read through Exodus and you read through Numbers, those four after Genesis, the Torah. I mean, unbelievable detail. Why? Because you've got to be very specific with young developing children. And so he gives them these rules and these, uh, these, I was reading yesterday, Exodus 23, verse five. I posted this on Facebook, like 12 of you saw it. But if you see the donkey of someone who hates you, if you see the donkey of someone who hates you fallen down under its load, don't leave it there. Be sure you help them with it. Like break the cycle of madness and go over and be a decent human being. Do you know who I am as your father? I forgive sins and I say, where are you? And come back to my table. Like if this is your enemy, go break the cycle. Go be decent. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. God instructs them very carefully. And, and so what I want you to see tonight is that we have a good father who wants his children to flourish. Now, uh, I remember with our kids being little, little, so ours are now 14, 12, and 10 next month. So 14, 12, 10, I'm gonna call it. And you know, we try to create these very specific scenarios. We talk about everything we can with our kids. Not, you don't get general, you get specific. And so here's what I want you to do. And if this happens on the playground, this is our response here. And if, if anyone ever tries to touch you on your body, and it, like you can kick them, you can run, you can scream, you can, that's the one time you can punch them in the face and make a scene and get the heck out of there. Like don't, don't let someone take advantage of you. Like we're, we don't want our kids to not know that. So we tell them things and we talk to them about money and we talk to them about language and we talk to them about what kind of friends we want them to have and what kind of friends they will not have. And we put all that stuff in front of them. And I remember sitting on our bed one morning, we were, it was a Saturday morning, we were going a little slower, so it was like 7 a.m. and everyone was on our bed. And so they were jumping and screaming and Wakely at the time was like two, maybe three and I was reading in the Bible, Samson and Delilah. You know, Samson was this strong guy and Delilah was this beautiful woman. And, and she, you know, they, someone paid her off to go get Samson's secrets because Samson was terrorizing them. So if they got his secrets, they could make him weak and then they could defeat him and Israel. And run. So I'm telling him this story and I said, you know, Delilah was this beautiful woman and she just kind of sauntered up to Samson and it's like caressing his arm and oh, Samson. And, <laughs> and so I was, you know, doing a little illustrated sermon with him and I said, now, Wakely, if anyone ever comes to you, if a girl ever comes up to you and, oh, Wakely, you are so strong, and your hair is so beautiful, and, and you know, doing this with the eyelashes, just, just, and, Wakely, what do you do? You know, and I said, do you, do you like give in to that or do you, do you run? And he goes, run. And I go, so what do you do, Wakely? He goes, you kick her in the crotch and run. <laughs> Wakely, no, you don't do that. You just run. Good God almighty. What do you do? Like, silly example, but, but this is what the father does with his children. He goes, hey, let me create this scenario for you. If you see someone who hates you and they've got a donkey and it breaks, like, Here's what I want you to do in that moment. And then leave the edges of your field because there's gonna be poor people passing through at any given time and I want them to have. So you just trust me to take care of you and you, you, you give that extra to take care of them. God gets very specific with his little children. God 
wants his children to flourish. And through the scriptures, the father teaches us what leads to flourishing and what leads to destruction. He teaches us, he's given us his word. He comes down on Mount Sinai and he gives us his words. We've got the Bible. And uh, so I'll just say, yes, instruction is available for us. In the text of scripture, in the private prayer and corporate prayer in the World Prayer Center, when you're at your home, if you're driving in your car, like you can call on the name of the Lord. This is the God who hears us and who responds to us and who dwells in us by his spirit. God is not the problem. The problem is not from God's side. God is not unwilling. It's usually us. It, we're disinterested, and, and, but in prayer, privately and corporately, we can receive his instruction in home groups and women's groups and men's fire teams and meal groups and in the council of wise saints, in the council of great counselors and psychiatrists and therapists. Like we can receive the instruction of God. Instruction is available for us, but it takes time and attention and focus and wholehearted devotion. The instruction of God has to be pressed into. It has to be worked for. Anything that's worthy, anything that's worth it, anything that's valuable, anything that's beautiful is worth working for. All the good stuff takes the hard work. So the instruction of God's available, but it's, it's gotta be worked for. I want you to see this picture of Mount Sinai, and I want you to imagine 80-year-old Moses they just ran out of Egypt. They just crossed the Red Sea. The highway opened up. It was wet, and then it was a perfect highway. And then Pharaoh's army and his horses were drowned and it, right behind them. And they get out into the wilderness, and they come, and they, they got to catch their breath. And so they, they put their roots down. They, they kind of put up the tents around Mount Sinai. And God, Yahweh calls Moses, the, 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 the leader of the people of God, up the mountain. He's 80 years old climbing this. Come up here. It's got to be worked for. <laughs> it's got to be pressed into. The, the, the good stuff is not easy. <laughs> the good stuff feels like a wilderness at times. The good stuff will make you hot and sweaty at times. The good stuff will, it will cost every bit of your energy and every bit of your focus and every bit of your attention. This is not the Broadmoor. God doesn't invite him into a Disney experience where you've got the fast pass. Hey, you want to know me? You want to know my word? I'll take you out into the wilderness and let's look face to face. And I'm going to invite you to be a pilgrim and to go on the journey up the mountain of God. All the good stuff takes hard work. I want you to see this second picture, St. Catherine's Monastery at the base of Mount Sinai. In 500 AD, a bunch of Monks and nuns came out into the wilderness and said, hey, something really important happened here, so let's set up shop and let's kind of live in the shadow of this thing and let's be people who give all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength over to the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. God has commands and they're to be fully trusted and, and your words are more precious to me to, than a thousand pieces of silver and even if I die under the sweltering heat of the Egyptian desert sun, I will be yours, <laughs> Instruction's available for us, but it's gonna cost us everything. The rugged terrain, it never stops. I look out here and I see friends who are in their 80s and I see friends who have lived along obedience in the same direction, who've lived over 50 years of beautiful marriage together. And, I see, and, and what I love when I watch these ones is that they haven't stopped. 
You don't ever get to mail it in. You don't ever quit. You always live on the front foot, on the edge of faith. And, and every week when we see you worshiping, Hardy's, uh, when we see you going for it, Don and Shirley, it, it inspires me to keep pressing until the very end. It never stops. We have to give it our full attention to become the people of God. Can you say amen tonight? I'll just say it this way. The life of holiness is an uphill climb. The life of sin is as easy as falling out of a tree. <laughs> Life of holiness, sin, <laughs> that's easy. It, it's e lust is easy, holiness takes work. Greed is natural, generosity is born of the spirit. Hatred is easy, forgiveness is difficult. Sloth feeds our desire for comfort. Prayer is a sacrifice. And what does Jesus say when he comes? He says, if any one of you wants me, you must deny yourself. You must take up your cross and follow me, it's unbelievable to me that Jesus, the gift that he gives us is the cross. <laughs> Way to build a brand, Jesus. Jesus doesn't cater to our comfort. Jesus doesn't cater to, to the, the, the shortcuts that we so naturally wanna take. Jesus doesn't say, you know what? I know Moses had to climb the mountain of God, but actually I'm just gonna roll out the red carpet for you. Jesus goes, I promise you this will be the most fulfilling thing you ever do. I promise you that you, your face will radiate with the glory of God. Yes, it will be difficult at times, and yes, it'll feel like a cross is wearing your shoulder out, but I promise you it will end up in life and life more abundantly. Friends, the life of holiness is an uphill climb. The life of sin is as easy as falling out of a tree. There's two threats to our receiving God's instruction that I want to put in front of you tonight. I could say many things. I'm gonna say two things. Two threats. If God has given us his instruction, if he's given us his precepts and his commands and his law, and if those things lead to our flourishing, there are two threats. The enemy wants to siphon off our focus and our attention and our connection to the source. So two threats on receiving God's good instruction. First, our warped desires. Ever since Adam and Eve took the story into their own hands, something in us bent. We, we want to be like God. We want to write our own story. We want to live our own truth. We want to think that this garden is ours and everyone else is just paying rent. We have warped Desires, and the half-brother of Jesus, James, he said, when tempted, saints, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. And then after desire has conceived, this is, this is pregnancy language. After that warped desire has, has been impregnated in us, it's been... It's been conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. We have these desires in us that are bent. Some of you are new to the faith, and I just want you to know, spend the rest of your life asking for God to transform your desires, to cleanse your desires. Some of you have been doing this for 50 years, 60 years, 80 years, and you know that you constantly have to bring your desires back to God. And so I'll just say tonight, pray that the Lord would purify your desires. Psalm 51, David says, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. 
That's a prayer that you just ought to emblazon on your soul. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit in me. And when someone ticks you off and, and curses you, God, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. So that if I saw their donkey break down under a heavy load, I would go over and pick that thing up. It doesn't happen naturally. That's not what I do in my flesh. But when my flesh is submitted before the spirit of God and he constantly is renewing me with his instruction and with his command and with his beautiful law that is more precious to me than a thousand pieces of silver, something in me gets set right. Our warped desires keep us away from the precepts of God. The second thing that keeps us away is our distracted attention. Come on now our distracted attention. We want the presence of the Lord, but have you seen that viral cat video? I, man, I just love, and then you see Dwayne the Rock Johnson with his shirt off working out, and you're like, oh my gosh, I gotta know more about that workout. And then we, we want the presence, but oh my gosh, and, and have you seen that clip of what Biden said this week? And oh my gosh, and have you, and you know, Trump, and, and have you said, and that, uh, that, uh, our distracted attention. Our smartphones, praise God for the technology, but they sometimes make us dumb. And I'm not a purist here. I'm thankful to be able to send you money by cash app. I'm thankful to be able to text my wife who's in Salt Lake City at a soccer tournament right now. I'm thankful to get video. I get it. I'm not a purist. I'm not saying, let's go back to the old days of Telegram. But we are living a human experiment with our smartphones and, and we've got to ask if we are using them or if they are using us. <laughs> and we've got to put some boundaries and barriers between us and, and them so that we can come into the presence of the Lord and not constantly be going. Oh, I just got. Lord, I want to. Lord, like we are buzzing ourselves to death. And so to be able to silence the space and go, God, I am here for the next. Some of you, you got little kids, you can give it 10 minutes maybe. Lock yourself in the bathroom. <laughs> Lord, 10 minutes, I just want, I, I love you and I bless you and I praise you and I honor you. And you are the one, you are the one that came down on Sinai. You've given us your words. You are the father that wants us to flourish. And, and my life doesn't naturally flourish. I naturally go over here and I naturally want to give in to my warp. Would you create in me a clean heart, oh God? Lord, I am yours. And I pray that you'd help me to live that long obedience in the same direction. If you will do that every single day of your life for the next 50 years, for the next Tell me if you hate that. Jordan said it just perfectly. You will never regret giving your life and your attention and your time and your focus over to the Lord God Almighty. Tell me if you hate that life. I promise you, money back guaranteed. Our distracted attention keeps us from locking into the commands of God and we need to create some boundaries and we need to hallow the ground and we need to, you know, the old saints talked about their prayer closets. We need some prayer closets. We need to be junkies in the presence of God. This is why we've reopened the World Prayer Center in a really specific way. Come spend your lunches with us. Come visit us at 7.30 for breakfast. Our distracted attention keeps us from hearing the word of God. So let me just name the bad news that we already know, and I'm gonna stay here for like 90 seconds. We fail so regularly. We don't want to climb the mountain of God. We don't want to have to do the work. We fall short. We don't often care. We take shortcuts. 
That's the bad news. I took 12 seconds on that. Here's the good news. The good news is named Jesus, who is the very word of God. Think about God coming down in the cloud on Mount Sinai and Moses coming up and the people are still down there. Think about the separation. God meets right here and Moses goes away from all the people and all of society and it's threatening and it's dangerous and only, only one person can be there. Think about that moment. Jesus is God's word made flesh coming down to the people, dwelling among us, living among us, speaking to us. Jesus is God's word. Watch Jesus. Watch Jesus uh, follow God's obedience. He said, I, uh, I only want to do what I see you doing, Father. And I only want to say what I hear you saying. And Jesus is the word who practices the word, who speaks the word, who gives the word away. In a world of hatred and in a world of, uh, of unforgiveness, Jesus is God's forgiveness Incarnate. In a world of lust, Jesus is God's holiness. In a world of greed, Jesus is God's generosity born of the Spirit. In a world of sloth seeking comfort, Jesus prays and sacrifices and he calls us to follow him. So what I'll say tonight is follow Jesus. All of this can be overwhelming and we think we've got to become St. Francis of Assisi overnight. No. Mother Teresa over, oh, I could just never, no. What it takes is decades of continually coming back, creating me a clean heart, oh God. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. How do you grow in a life of holiness? One day at a time. One day at a time. And so I'll just put the Greek word for disciple, it's mephetes is the Greek word, but it simply means learner. Will you be a lifelong learner with Jesus? Will you, will you follow him down the dusty trails? Will you go on the adventure with him? Will you watch what he does to someone who offends him and, and extend that same kind of grace? Will you watch how he treats the poor and will you dignify them and lift them up out of the ash heap? Will you watch how he confronts the religious spirit and, and choose not to become that thing in your own soul? Watch Jesus be a learner with Jesus. So let me invite you into a simple practice as I close. Uh, this series is, is us trying to come back to the simplicity. I realize some people are new to the faith. We just baptized some folks tonight. So I wanna, I wanna boil it down and get as simple as I can for all of us in the room tonight. Let me invite you into a simple practice. Read one chapter of the Gospels a day. You don't have to read the Bible this month, the whole month. Uh, the whole Bible in one month, don't do that. Read and meditate on and focus on one chapter in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, and watch a story of Jesus. And then watch him work, and then pray and ask the Father to help you to become more like Jesus. One simple practice I might commend to some of you parents with young kids on, on the drive into school, it's, it, it's, it's really not that hard, but we just have to do it. I pop on BibleGateway.com and our kids know it's, today was Matthew 21. To, Monday will be Matthew 22. Tuesday will be Matthew 23. And just listen with the kids. And then when it's over, say, what did you see? What did you hear? What stood out to you? What, what can we try today to be more like Jesus? Who do we need to forgive today? How do we need to pray today? Friends, we have all of the resources right in front of us, but, but our desires don't naturally take us there and we are so distracted. So tonight is a night where we just kind of remove the debris and get as simple as we can. I invite you to be a life 
lifelong learner with Jesus, to open the gospels, to watch him work, and then call on the Father to make us more like Jesus. Can you say amen tonight? Stand with me as we prepare to come to the table of the Lord. If you can get your communion elements ready, and if you don't have communion elements, just raise your hand and our team is gonna come shooting through the room. We got a lot of hands raised, so we're gonna take a second here. Thank you everyone who's passing out communion. May your tribe increase. I actually need one. (laughs) And my bro down here does too. Thank you. Appreciated that. Couple more over here, up front here on the side here. I want you to hear tonight that the Father wants you to flourish. That's about as elemental as we can get. We have this conception of a God off in the distance who is against us, who wants us to trip up, who wants heaven to be sparse. (laughs) That's not what's going on here. The God of heaven and earth, the Father, has sent his Son, and the Son has come and walked among us And the Son ascended to the right hand of the Father and sent his Holy Spirit who now lives inside of us so that when we sin, you know what the Holy Spirit does? Hey, can you quit that? Will you put that down? Will you stop cursing those people? Will you stop living against people? Will you say, I'm sorry? You don't have to live that way anymore. And so tonight, I want us to to just come to the realization the Father wants us to flourish so much so that he's filled us with his spirit. And so as we come to this moment, I wonder if we can just begin right there in your own words, if you'd close your eyes and begin to release what you need to release and repent of what you need to repent of. Will you invite the retenderizing work of the spirit? Would you... Repent. Would you say, I'm sorry? Would you say, I was wrong? Would you say, I need help? Would you say, have mercy on me, O God? Lord, we're here tonight, and we want to be made clean again. We want a fresh start. We want to uh, be new creations tonight. We have warped desires We love things that we should not love. And I'm asking, Lord, that you would teach us to love what is good and teach us to hate what is evil. That's straight out of the Bible. Love what is good and hate what is evil. Lord, I'm praying that you would teach us about this distraction thing, the age of distraction we're living in. Help us. Help us to do better. Help us to to gain the foothold and, and, and take new ground. So friends, tonight, Jesus is with us by his spirit. And on the night he was betrayed, he sat with his friends, and tonight he's with us. 
He's looking you in the eyes across the table and I want you to envision Jesus taking this bread tonight. And he said, this bread is my body broken for you. And as often as you do this, do this for the remembrance of me. Tonight, I want you to know God is for your flourishing. You may receive the bread. On that same night, Jesus took the cup of wine and he gave the great news. But this cup is the new covenant, the new covenant between God and humankind. He said, I'm not remembering all that old stuff. I'm not counting it against you. I'm not keeping a record. I don't have a scoreboard. This cup is the new covenant given in my blood and it's given for the remission of all of your sins. He said, as often as you do this, do this for the remembrance of me. I have good news for you tonight. Jesus has come to make us clean. You may drink. And now let's worship the Lord Jesus together.
and sing all the earth will shout your praise our hearts come on church great are you lord Taylor, come up here, bud. Bring your grandpa with you, will you? Okay, so Taylor is an absolute genius videographer. He's a man of God. He's an athlete, a baller. He's 23 years old, and he just got hired by Gonzaga University to be their head videographer for men's basketball. Men's basketball, Gonzaga, Spokane, Mark Few, the Best in the nation right here. And so we're going to send him out. His grandpa, how old are you, sir? 83. He drove out, flew out, flew out from Lewiston, and you're driving him back in the truck, right? The both of them. So he's going to learn to drive a truck. It's time. It's time for him to be a man, right? Okay. Very good. Well, thank you for being an awesome grandpa. Stretch out your hands. 65 years. Say that again. 65 years, June 8th this year. He's been married 65 years. Good living. We're going to pray him out. They leave tomorrow. So when you see Gonzaga basketball going, balling out, you'll remember Taylor Lane. So, Lord, we pray blessing over him. Send him out in the strength of God. Thanks for an awesome grandpa, Lord. Make us like this, faithful. Thank you for a man that loves his people. And, Lord, we pray as Taylor goes that everything he touches would prosper. Give him good, strong roots. May he flourish out there. I pray that people would see Jesus in him everywhere he goes. 
We pray that the kingdom of God would advance in that sports world as he goes and steps into rooms that none of us could get into, Lord. We pray that you'd make him a missionary to tell the true story of Jesus. So, Lord, we pray blessing over them. And for the whole congregation, Lord, I pray bless my friends and keep them and make your face shine upon them and be gracious to them. Lord, lift your countenance upon all of us and grant us peace, we pray, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And all God's people said, amen. Can we thank God for what he's done here tonight? Two things. I want to invite our prayer team to come down. If you have any prayer needs, we would love to pray with you. And second thing, we've got New Life next. For those of you who are new-ish around here, if you want to join us in the student chapel right outside here, we would love to give you some snacks and tell you more of our story. So swing on out. Go from here in God's grace and peace and be so safe out there. In Jesus' name, amen.